Welcome to the 10th episode of Tampa 2 Tuesdays. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm thriving. It's it's April, is it? Yeah, it's April, April 14th. Uh, you, it snowed today, right? Yeah, you wouldn't have thought it was April. Yeah, it was coming down, like, not super heavy, but, like, a, a sizable amount of snow that you think would come in November or something. We had uh, 60 degree weather over the weekend, and now we are back down to the 40s and the 30s. <laughs> I mean, you know, the world might have changed, but Chicago weather has stayed exactly the same. Yeah, and uh, we are still stuck at home with the mm-hmm. quarantine due to the coronavirus. So it, we are trying it to. It got make- extended, right? Yeah, I I don't know if it was extended last time we did our show, but it now for now it's up till April 30th. But most likely, I have a feeling it could go more, even further. Yeah, yeah. So uh, originally we thought we'd be back to doing our weekly once a uh, week show, but uh, things happened. (laughs) Yeah, since we're still in quarantine and there's not much sports going on, we decided that it'd be no use to continue to force a show when there's nothing new to talk about but hopefully since now things are going to be uh slowly getting back up to speed and we got the draft coming up soon we hope that um we'll be doing more shows yeah Yeah. i think i don't know how we're going to do it next week because the draft is uh the 23rd which is the thursday through saturday so i don't know if we'll do a, a a later show or maybe we'll skip next week and do it the following week to cover draft i don't know we'll see uh, now we've <laughs> now i've noticed just not the guarantee that we're doing a show let's just go with what comes up and if it feels right let's put a show together there we go all right so we got to start off with some news as we always do we have some we're going to start off with some some sad news uh, former NFL quarterback Tavares Jackson suddenly passed away on this past Sunday in a car accident at the age of 36. He was originally drafted by the Vikings in the second round of the 20, 2006 NFL draft, and he ended up playing for three teams during the duration of his career, which was primarily spent as a backup quarterback. And uh, I... I remember his play. I mean, uh, since the Vikings are division rival for the Bears, you would occasionally see him, and he. It was, and it's true that like, he was a backup his whole time, so he you didn't get much playing time. But you still knew who he was uh, when he played, and he played pretty well at times when given the chance. Yeah, he was definitely an intriguing kind of talent. Um, I always remember him as mainly like a scrambler, kind of elusive type. Kind of like a little like a Michael Vick type of player. Yeah, kind of Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, uh, Terrell Pryor, just that kind of that kind that of athletic ability. Of that mold of quarterback. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, mainly for me, I remember him in Madden, all the Madden games, definitely, because he was, you know, he was that name that was in, like, every release. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, so he spent about four years with the Vikings, mainly as the backup, but he he did get a chance to start 21 regular season games and playoff games for the Vikings, and the Vikings ended up winning the division in 2008, and he was their quarterback. So, and then I also remember him. He was Brett Favre's quarterback, uh, one of Brett Favre's backup quarterbacks during his time with the Vikings. So, it's uh, and then he ended up going to the Seahawks. Got a chance to become a starter and had a seven and seven record as a starter. And Which you know, it's it's not too great but when you look at what pete carroll had tweeted he tweeted like uh, just, um just you know I'll, I'll pull it up you pull it uh, up yeah yeah Tavares jackson was a uh, beloved teammate competitor and seahawk he will be deeply missed so heartbroken by the news of his passing and send your condolences to his family and friends we love you forever at seven t jackson which was his twitter handle so like 2000 11 um, time frames like I think Pete Carroll's second or third year in Seattle and they were still they were basically a year away from Russell Wilson so there was a lot of uncertainty with the team at that time and they weren't that great so uh, and apparently he had he was playing through injury the entire season so to go seven and seven and to persevere in that way is um, something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then uh, after that, he took a little trip to the Buffalo Bills for the 2012 season, but he never played a snap. And then. And then he got re-signed with Seattle. Yeah, Russell Wilson's backup. And then now he this... ended up. I mean, the one, uh, no, you go first, sorry. I, I just remember him mostly as Russell Wilson's backup, maybe because mm-hmm. of, like, how recent it is. Um, but, yeah, this, this I is mean, what I remember. I mean, in the end of their uh, Super Bowl win against the Broncos, that 48-3 route over the Broncos back in 2013, during that season, he got to play the final series of the game, so... I mean, the game was out of hand by then. There was no chance the Broncos were coming back. But, like, it's still nice that he got to uh, got to play in the Super Bowl. And yeah. And a ring. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, unsung backup quarterbacks in the league. You'll, they'll never make the field, but all the effort and they put in on the sideline in the classroom and helping the quarterback room, that doesn't go unnoticed. So, like, there, uh, he was one of the better um, people in his position right i mean the seahawks brought him back for a reason definitely for the second time um and then after that he was a assistant at alabama state in 2018 uh he was a quarterback coach for tennessee state in 2019 and uh yeah that's that's his career so sad to see a good one go uh, yeah. All right. What else right. we got? So, um, with this whole coronavirus situation, we have the off-season program was supposed to have started uh, 
around this time and where teams were supposed to meet with each other and new coaches yeah. were supposed to meet their new teams. And there's been confusion of how to go about it, this, because teams are all in different states and each state has their own different policy and rules in terms of quarantine when they'll be opening things up. But to keep it a fair thing, the league has taken a approach with an agreement with the NFL Players Association to a virtual off-season program. And the teams will be allowed to conduct a virtual period lasting for three consecutive weeks beginning next Monday. And it can't end no later than May 15th. But none of the facilities are allowed to actually open up for any on-field activities. And I think this is a definitely a good thing just looking out for for player safety and such but it's going to be real interesting to see how teams can get you know off-season plans in and get schemes and stuff put into the defense the offense yeah um a lot of work can be put in during this time it's not like you're wasting you can't waste your time in this because a lot of work in the classroom a lot of development it's also like for the teams who have new head coaches such as the cowboys and the uh redskins and the panthers and so on and so forth all these teams they can actually get to know their players mm-hmm. like uh, i read something with uh, ron Rivera, uh the um new redskins head coach when he took over as head coach of the Panthers back in 2011, that was in the middle of the lockout. So he wasn't able to meet them at all. We're not in a lockout situation right now. We're just in quarantine. So they can still talk to each other and work on things. Right. It just, I don't know if the season is going to start on time or maybe it will start on time and there just won't be any fans or anything like that. It's but. still too far to guess anything, I think, in my opinion. I think they're not going to do anything unless there are no fans. I know that. I have a good feeling about that, that they're not going to start anything unless the fans are allowed. Because that's also big. In addition to just having fans there, that's a huge source of revenue. That's and true. Yeah. NFL is a big business. They're not going to allow that to uh, go to waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, continues here that um, saying here that the clubs continue their offseason programs can continue their offseason programs on May 18th either on a virtual basis or on the field if all 32 facilities have been reopened. But if they have not been reopened, then they can conduct mandatory veteran minicamp virtually. And, which allows for uh, two hours of classroom and two hours of workout time. And the off-season programs need to, in any situation, need to end by June 26th. All right. So there's a whole, there's a good possibility, honestly, that the entire off-season program is virtual. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's the, it's the. Situation we're all in right now. Yeah, I guess it uh, makes preseason games even more important. <laughs> Do you think oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of starters are gonna get more um, playing time in preseason games because of this? Yeah. yeah, I have a good feeling. At least the Bears have announced that they will be 
putting our starters in after the past two years, not having us play in the preseason. Well, that's also because we have a quarterback competition going on right now, and we need every player to have as much reps. But, like, if you limit the amount of um, OTAs and training camps that are allowed, then preseason, like you said, becomes more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, so let's get into some free agency now, because free agency is still going on no matter what situation everything is in. Uh, the biggest news that came out over this past weekend was Christian McCaffrey's new deal with the Panthers, making him the highest paid running back in terms of averages per year. Uh, it's a four-year deal averaging $16 million per year, which adds on to the addition, to the already existing two years left on his rookie deal, which in total, if you put this it all together to make one big deal. It pays him $75 million over six years. Now that's just crazy. Um, I mean, when you look at Christian McCaffrey, right, he is the Panthers defense or offense. He has been the Panthers offense for, you know, all this time, even with Cam Newton out, Christian McCaffrey becomes the focal point of this offense. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's only the third player in NFL history to have a thousand rushing and a thousand receiving yards in the same season. So, and the guy is not even 24 yet. He turns 24 on June 7th. Yeah. Which is still about a month, month and a half away. So he, he's had this much product uh, production and he deserves the deal. I mean, he isn't, um, I mean, I put him at the, one of the top running backs in the whole league. I mean, you do have Zeke and you have Le'Veon Bell, but those guys aren't as productive. And yeah, some, something about those guys tells me that they're more concerned about themselves at times mm-hmm. than they are concerned about the team as a whole. Yeah, their skill set is also different, like you mentioned. And, and they're, McCaffrey... they're getting older, too. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> the lifespan of a running back in the NFL isn't much to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, McCaffrey is kind of a, a small guy, so you just you hope that he doesn't get injured. Oh. Um, yeah, that's the only thing. You don't want him, you don't want him to get injured. <laughs> he seems like a guy who would be able to take care of himself, though, I think, especially with all the action he's taken. But, again, it's only his going to be, his, what, his third year. So... To have this milestone, some some might say it's too early to give him a deal like this. Some might say it's just right. I think it's just right, and it uh, ensures he will be around for a long time. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what he does. Uh, in other news, we've got the Houston Texans acquiring Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth rounder from the Rams in exchange for a second round pick this year. And uh, we have here a weird little nugget of information that Cooks is 26 years old. He's been traded from the Saints to the Patriots for a first-round pick, then from the Patriots to the Rams for a first-round pick, and now from the Rams to the Texans for a second-round pick. This guy has gotten a lot of draft picks invested in him. 
Yeah, I mean, they're shows the value, though. They're not throwing around fifth or sixth round picks from them. They're, they're really going after just the first and the second rounders to uh, get him, which is which are the big picks in the draft. Teams don't want to give them up, but if they um, are getting a quality player in return, then why wouldn't you? But also it's, for yeah. him, you just mentioned all the teams he's been traded from 26 years old. And he'd been on uh, three, now four different teams. He's been with a lot of great quarterbacks. I mean, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, right? It's yeah. it's crazy. Jared Goff. <laughs> Jared Goff. Uh, now he's going to get Deshaun Watson. That's going to be deadly. <laughs> he's got all these these great quarterbacks throwing to him. And, man, his, his career stats are going to be padded a lot. But it's also something I don't get with the Texans, though. Is they got rid of Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. And now they're bringing him in as a replacement. Is it... Does he replace him? Or does or does no. the level of production decline because of removing Hopkins? I mean, I feel like Hopkins is that like Julio Jones possession target kind of player. Whereas Cooks is more of the burner on the edge, you know, stretch the field kind of guy. But the Texans already have that kind of player in Will Fuller. So I I don't really understand why they're getting Cooks. Because now they're it's just going to have a lot of burners. Of Bill mass, mass <laughs> plan that no one understands. But hopefully pays off or he'll be out of there next year. <laughs> this is true. Um since the last time we had our show, Todd Gurley went to the Atlanta Falcons, one-year deal, $2 million in bonuses, $3.5 million guaranteed, and the Rams still owe him another $5 million. Yeah, I mean, there was something about, I think, that he was, some bonus was about to kick in, about $10 million, some incentive or option was about to kick in, I'm not exactly sure, but if the, Ram, the Rams cut him on the day of... So that way he didn't um, get the money, like all the money that he mm-hmm. was going to get. But apparently he's still getting $5 million. So uh, yeah. that's... Uh... I mean, looking back, Todd Gurley was like that running back, you know. He was he got paid the big money, and then now just a few years after that, he's getting kicked he's, out. He's dropped off. Uh-huh. He, he's been hurt, I know, mm-hmm. but... Um, dropped off in production and when you drop off in production like we were just talking about McCaffrey McCaffrey's the next rising star and if he can continue to where he is he'll be one of the best to ever play but like Gurley was on that path and then just dropped off because he got hurt and again the lifespan of running back in the NFL like I just mentioned earlier is pretty pretty uh pretty small to begin with so yeah and then you have a little, uh, I believe you have a little fun uh, fact about his jersey number. Oh yeah, he he wanted uh, to change his jersey number. He was, I forget what number he was with the. Uh, I believe he was Rams. thirty. Yeah, he was thirty in his first five season with the Rams, and he wanted twenty-one now. And of course, twenty-one for the Falcons—that is the, the number of Deion Sanders. Um, Cornerback Desmond Trafant wore 21 for the past seven seasons. 
uh, before he was released by Atlanta this season, so now Gurley wants it. And uh, originally, there was some talk about Gurley taking the jersey number without the blessing of Deion Sanders, and then after a while, Deion Sanders said, oh, no, I was just joking. He can have the number. You know, he's he's deserving of it. So, I don't know. The thing is, with Atlanta, I, I found out that they don't retire jersey numbers. Like, if they retire jersey numbers, that number should have been retired a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that that number should even be available for Desmond Trufant to have even had before Gurley came into the picture. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, that number is royalty in Atlanta with Dion. So he has better uh, got to make sure that his production matches the level of production or exceeds the level of production that Dion brought to the table. So uh, it'll be fun to see what goes on Matt Ryan and Todd Gurley. And uh, we have uh, a couple more... Uh, Free agents to discuss and go quickly go over. Derek Wolf is signed with the Baltimore Ravens. I like that. Good run stopper. We have Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints. That is. And then, uh, haha, Quentin Dix to the Cowboys. Oh, the Bears didn't bring him back. <laughs> I mean, he was on a one year deal to begin with, and they probably found. They either think they're going to be able to get something in the draft or they will be have something, have someone on the roster who is capable of replacing him. Yeah. I mean, they already did resign some of the, the death chart players from last season, so yeah. maybe they'll go that route. All right. Uh, we got some draft stuff real quick. Yeah, before... we actually have some uh, important news for once. Not that everything else hasn't been important, but this is going to be a good distraction for everyone in a sports community to actually have something meaningful going on. Uh, the draft is next week, right? Yes, next week, Thursday through Saturday. So, Thursday through Saturday. So, the teams and the executives from the teams will be conducting their draft operations from their homes, considering we are again, all in quarantine and to avoid any uh, unfair advantages by any teams, they'll all be at home. It'll be on the TV channels of ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network. ABC and ESPN are all are under the same blanket of owned by Disney, and NFL is obviously their own channel. They'll be combining the analysts and the hosts from both networks, ESPN and NFL Network, to carry your broadcast. And ABC itself will have a special broadcast for rounds one through three, and then simulcast ESPN's uh, broadcast for the rounds four through seven. And um, uh, the... Hosts and commentators will be in ESPN Studios in Bristol, Connecticut, and the majority of the an- analysts will be remotely working from home. And one great thing about the draft now is that uh, they'll be doing a three-day fundraiser to help six charities involved with helping to fight the spread of coronavirus. And we get to see Roger Goodell still. He's not going away. <laughs> Roger Goodell. Yeah, he's going to announce the first round picks from 
his basement. Yeah. I'm assuming uh, it's got to be a pretty good basement, though. The guy makes a lot of money, so. <laughs> for, uh... I, I hope it's a good basement with all the money he makes, you know. Uh, they said they're going to have a virtual backdrop of 15 fans behind him for each team that's on the clock and that they will be reacting in, like, real time to the commissioner himself and whoever their team picks. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Like, will it work? What's going to go uh, wrong? It's the, nothing ever like this has ever been done before. I mean, we all know Roger Goodell gets booed at literally every draft. Um, so yeah, He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just wonder, you know, have they vetted these 15 fans from each team enough? Can they be sure they're not going to, like, throw up a, a sign? It's probably some... going to be, like, some recorded image or something. They're True. not going to let them go up live. But, like, in terms of the logistics and, like, the technological, tech, uh, sorry, technological features behind the draft to make sure there's going to – there might be some issue that arises. There has to be, right? It's such a huge technological thing that – Right. It would be weird if – I mean, we don't want it to happen, but, like, I think there might be – there's a good chance there will be a issue. Right, because they're trying to get these these live streams from so many places, whether it's from Roger Goodell's basement or, you know, one of the – I think it was 58 players yeah, who 58, signed up. 58 cameras have been sent out to the participants for the draft, which uh, should be interesting. I mean, there are only 32 teams who can draft in the first round, so – yeah, so you're gonna end up with you know, with with the 14th pick of the the 2020 NFL draft, and then they cut to the player's home, and he's you know sitting on a couch in his PJs or something. <laughs> that would be because uh... because you can't even have um, other people. They said no, uh, yeah, you only... can only have 10 people in the camera yeah. at once. Um, well, that doesn't mean you can't have other people. Well, then you shouldn't, actually, because of social distancing. You shouldn't yeah, so you can't have, like, a whole draft party in your house or anything. You which... could have your family on video call. This is true. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It won't be, like, the big spectacle that it usually is. It'll just be, I don't know. It'll be, like... I, I like the fundraiser <laughs> aspect to it, though, that they're helping mm-hmm. out. Charity. Yeah, definitely. It's the For least sure. the NFL could do. And at the same time... It's a big uh, relief to the sports world in general. Like, there's something new and exciting that we can talk about instead yeah. of rewatching old games. Oh, not that I don't like that. I do that all the time. But <laughs> it's something that actually has an impact on today's day. And mm-hmm. it gets you it gets you off your mind on the other things going on in the world for some time. Yeah, for sure. Um as for the way that the actual draft is being run, did you see a little bit about that? It's kind of interesting. I mean, I got some, um, I read up on some general managers' situations. Um, I'm forgetting the names, but like some of them have it all set up in their home office where they have screens set up and they have like multiple screens that they can see their draft board and how they can communicate with other teams and how they're, they have the television broadcast in front of them and they're able to 
uh, through Secure Link, talk with their representatives and their coaches. So security is going to be a big thing, and the execution of the whole thing is going to be um, it's going to be key. And one last thing I want to mention, if you you want to add anything, feel free. But uh, they're going to have one like tech person mm-hmm. from the team yeah. in the GM's home. Like sitting in their basement watching the draft on a TV, and if the GM needs anything like technical issues, then that guy comes up and helps him out with fixing anything. Each team, I think, is allowed to have one uh, technology person. Yeah. Did you see how the picks are actually going to be made? Um, where each team has a designated drafter who is connected to the NFL's official Microsoft Teams. Uh, private encrypted draft channel and they'll make the pick through that channel and the two other alternative ways they can make the pick is that a gm calls the vice president of nfl player personnel or a member on the player personnel team will be called directly by landline or cell phone with the pick and also there's a conference call for the entire draft with each team's officials muted and there will be one official designated to make the pick who can unmute the mic and announce the pick. So three different ways that the pick can be sent in. It's going to be interesting. I mean, again, I, I have a feeling there might be something that goes wrong. Hopefully nothing does, but it's such a big technological feat that we don't know that. Oh, I've used that word a lot actually, but uh, there's a lot to take in all at one time. So, Hopefully it's fun TV and uh, we enjoy it. Are you planning to watch it? I am planning to watch the first round. I mean, I'm stuck at home, so I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> not uh, doing anything else? Yeah. Why well, not? I usually end point. up watching the first round anyway. Mm-hmm. And second or and then yeah. usually second, part of the third, and fourth and seventh because Glad's on a Saturday. It depends on what else I'm doing that day. But Yeah. The, the fourth and seventh is just like really grinding it out. Um, there's a lot of rounds and a lot of players. But uh, all right, we're going to move to a, a little section here that I called Secret Fun Fact for you, Bilal. And it I'm is a. I'm waiting for this. I don't know what this is. It's <laughs> written in the outline, and I'm wondering what this could be. So, you know, there's quarterbacks from Joe Burrow to Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, all these big-name quarterbacks who are coming in this year's draft. Did you know we're going to have another Flacco coming in this draft? No. It is Tom Flacco, the kid brother of Joe Flacco, formerly of the Ravens and then the Broncos, and now I don't think he's signed with anybody. Tom Flacco uh, comes from a small college he is 40 pounds lighter and five inches shorter than his brother, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is 6'6". He's the second tallest quarterback in the NFL right now. So, All right, right now. I'm track here for a second. I have yes. one question to ask you. Mm-hmm. I have the outline open right now, and did you and you have a section highlighted. Did mm-hmm. you write this whole text in white? Yes, I did. The whole time, so I didn't see it. Yes, I now did. Now you have it highlighted and it shows up, but before it was just a white space. Wow. Yeah. It was Sur- hiding from me in plain sight. Hiding in plain sight. Yep. Okay. Surprise, Bilal. 
No, I did not know there was another Flacco, or I didn't know Flacco had a brother. Yeah, um, I didn't know either. It's just, it's one of those things that was never really mentioned. Apparently, probably in college... Probably difference. Yeah. Because the difference. In college, um, I forget exactly where he was. It looks like the Towson University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Towson University. And apparently, locally, he was known as, like, the next... Um, Taysom Hill, which is weird, because Tom Flacco is, yeah, Tom Flacco, or Joe Flacco is not particularly elusive. Tom Flacco, his brother, is 40 pounds lighter, 5 inches shorter, so, you know, maybe he's elusive, scrambler, maybe he'll be used as a running back, I don't know, so. Interesting, Joe Flacco's without a team, though, right now, so. Mm -hmm. So they'll both be. The Broncos. (laughs) They'll be both looking for a uh, position. Yeah. All right. So that's your little surprise there. Thank you. Uh, We have Tua Tagovailoa along with other people who are going to be drafted who have sent out virtual pro day footage um, to various NFL teams since for a lot of them, their actual pro days were canceled before teams could actually go out and see them throw or run routes and such. So, uh, anything you have to comment on those? Um, just in your idea of having um, virtual pro days, I mean, it's the best that you could do at this moment. Um, I didn't really get a chance to actually watch this pro day, but uh, the main thing is not on for me wouldn't be his pro day. It would be the his health overall because mm-hmm. he had that that uh, that, hip that injury. knee injury hip injury sorry, uh, um, just that overall is he good enough to play? Is he a hundred percent? I mean, he says he's he says he's a hundred percent, but like, yeah. is he really a hundred percent? He looked That's pretty good. Um, you know, some solid velocity on throws. They had him doing uh, some design rollouts and stuff, so he's not like you know, heavy, heavy limp, only throwing on one foot kind of deal. But, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Also, what team uh, do you think is going to take him? Because no team's allowed to have their doctors or anyone near him to examine him or just even test him on their own. Yeah. All we have is this video of him throwing and doing his workouts, but... Is that enough for someone to take him? With the, does that diminish his stock in the draft? I mean, news came out. I think that there's two teams in the top ten of this year's draft picks for the first round that supposedly they failed his failed him like physically. They failed his physical, which was weird. Um, but at this point, nobody knows if it's like a smokescreen or you know if he was actually going to be failed in terms of physical so i don't know uh he was projected i believe for the dolphins the dolphins i don't know today today i saw one of the uh analysts on nfl network saying that he would uh dropped on ninth and go to the jaguars Ooh, that that would be interesting because the Jaguars got rid of Foles to the Bears so that they could start Minshew. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, s- I have no idea. I did see something else that was a little frightening 
where it said uh, because of Tua's the uncertainty around him, he could drop to the Patriots and Bill Belichick could select him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> that would not be – that'd be great for Bill Belichick, but not really for the rest of the league. No, Bill Belichick is a, like a redo. <laughs> do over. Yeah, but I don't know. Just thought it was interesting. Um, we have some other news about broadcasting. Uh, a lot of changes. A lot of changes mm-hmm. in the broadcast boots for, of course, the many networks. Yeah. So ESPN, uh, they had their their dream team attempted to be put together <laughs> with Peyton Manning and uh, getting Al Michaels. But <laughs> neither nope. of those neither of those worked out very well for them. So as of right now, it is believed that they're just going to throw together like this this uh, band-aid kind of group until uh, Monday night football possibly heads back to ABC. Uh, so yeah, they they think ESPN's just gonna tread water with that. Monday night team. So we can basically say that Burger is out? I Yes, I think so. He's going to go, I don't know, do some other analyst role. Maybe they'll send him back to the field and have him dust off his the Booger Mobile. That was a train wreck. The <laughs> Booger Mobile was a mess. That did not. I mean, the Booger Mobile was a giant cart with Booger sitting on a chair driving along the sideline. With a huge flat screen TV attached to the back. So the people in the front row of the stands are basically watching the game on the TV because Booger and his TV are blocking their view. I mean, you know, it's possible. Technology has innovated. And, you know, maybe they've made some upgrades now to the Burger Mobile so they can bring it out. And, you know, they can say, hey, look, the Burger Mobile is back. 2.0 is upgraded. Think, uh, people yeah, won't I like it. Took it I- I think they took it apart though at the end of <laughs> that year. But um, or they could throw a bigger screen also, on it. Uh, why why do I spend uh two hundred dollars to two three hundred dollars in the front row when I can <laughs> just watch it on the big screen? Um, apparently Burger's working draft though this this week. It's his oh. third draft, I think, and uh, can't wait to hear his analysis on that. <laughs> it's gonna be like, and now uh, this is how we. This is a uh, this is a draft pick, or this is a quarterback. <laughs> you see, the uh, the Tennessee Titans drafted at pick number whatever, and that means they drafted at that pick. They got this guy, <laughs> <laughs> and now this guy is going to play a quarterback in the NFL because he uh, because he's a quarterback <laughs> yeah oh, that guy that guy he uh, he's an easy target honestly to make fun of but uh, it's it's clear that he has like the the football knowledge to back it up but he just doesn't, doesn't apply it yeah he doesn't say it the way he wants to say it I think so going back to like ESPN's broadcast situation, they've dropped off so much. They had a good team back in like 2010, 2011, around that time with Mike Tirico, Ron Jaworski, John Gruden. Even when it was just Mike Tirico and John Gruden, the analysis the Gruden could bring 
and the play-by-play of Mike Tirico was a pretty good combination. It, but yeah. now they dropped off so far. Yeah. In terms of, um, in terms of analysis and in terms of quality of game. And sadly, it's going to continue to drop off further because Drew Brees announced when he retires, he's not going to join ESPN. He's going to join NBC. That's a, that's a smart move. I like uh, I, li- I like to see Drew Brees in the broadcast booth. Um, apparently, he's going to be a successor to Chris Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be interesting for like for us to be able to see the quarterbacks who we grew up with now get to the booth now yeah yeah like you know the current people in the booth who we've grown up with those are all players who have been playing for before we were before we born yeah um with the exception of you know maybe tony romo and a few others well he's he's started the trend of people that we've watched mm -hmm. going to the booth but um I like Collinsworth. I think they might. I think that I read that they might move him back into the move him to the studio or something. But this isn't going to happen until at least 2022 because Breeze is not going to. Breeze just signed his contract, and who knows that Breeze might. Uh, Breeze might uh, stay again. He might sign another <laughs> contract. Who knows? If he's if he's still healthy, he's still capable. The team still believes in him. Yeah, I'm sure. Um. We've got also Charles Davis from Fox replacing Dan Fouts on yeah. CBS. Charles Davis is a good analyst. I like listening to him. He always brings a really um, in-depth and thoughtful discussion in the booth. Uh, he works with uh, Kevin Burkhart, I think, right? Uh, on Fox as they're like the number two. Uh, group behind Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Mm, Yeah. Um, um, Charles Davis, I just, you know, he's he's got the voice right now for the Madden games as the color analyst, and (laughs) every time I hear him, every time I hear his voice, I just, I think of, like, Madden now. You mm. know, even if he's doing um, a live NFL game i just it hits me that it's like watching madden i don't know it's, he's just become that kind of voice and it irks me sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. and um this was actually the group the charles davis kevin burkhart that jay cutler was supposed to join a few years ago when he got signed with fox to be a commentator but uh he obviously had to step back and not step back but like he changed his mind and went to play with the dolphins for a year <laughs> he, he ripped Which, it, he ripped off his suit and said hey the dolphins have an opening i'm gonna go there this this might be a good opportunity though like to come back because he had the job the first time true yeah and it was gonna be with this group of people it was gonna be with kevin burkhart and charles davis now charles davis is leaving could bring cutler back in i mean he who doesn't still... want who doesn't want more Jay Cutler? I, I take it. I want. It. I want more. <laughs> um, but um, this was, and they apparently when he originally signed up, they had like an audition, quote unquote. So they had to work with each other to see if there's any chemistry between the 
broadcasters, and they all liked him, apparently. So, I mean, it's early. Um, Kai Long said he wants Olin Krutz and Jay Cutler to be in a broadcast booth together. Ooh. So, Ooh, that that's... would work good, though. Yeah. Maybe. Because the old center QB combo. Mm. They worked together for two years, I think. Right, right. Um, and then finally, in off-season news, we have the Bill Belichick loophole that is being possibly closed. I mean, I say possibly, possibly, but we we almost we're almost sure that it's going to be closed because <laughs> it's such a crazy loophole. Yeah, why don't you uh, explain what that is first? Yeah, um, so the rule is basically going to be in place to prevent teams from getting a free timeout late in games on fourth down because the current rules state any penalty committed with less than five minutes remaining in the fourth quarter would cause the clock to continue running. Um, And this rule was originally written to prevent teams from committing a cheap five-yard penalty in order to stop the clock and give themselves more time to organize for a possible fourth down conversion. But Bill Belichick said, hey, wait a minute. If we're the winning team, we can use that to run more time off the clock. So basically, on fourth down, if you're the winning team, the winning defense, uh, you commit the penalty, you back up five yards, and the play clock resets, the game clock continues running. So... Um, <laughs> you know that's it's kind of big. You can run the clock out basically forever. Yeah, I mean there was a situation again in the game against the Titans, and it was what AFC Championship game where the rule mm-hmm. was used against him, and he lost yeah. his mind with Mike Vrabel, who of course is uh, a previous Belichick disciple. <laughs> yeah, he so, played for him. Uh huh. Um. So. I'm sure Bill Belichick wants this loophole closed. I'm sure many other coaches want this loophole closed. I'm pretty sure it's going to be closed somehow. Yeah, so that uh, that does it with the off-season news. And uh, we have now reached the new segment of our show that we have called um, Bears Chicago News. Bears. Where we are going to talk about our favorite team. So uh, without further ado, here is uh, the Bears News. Coronavirus, we mentioned earlier that the NFL draft is set up as a fundraiser this year. But the Bears are also doing a um, great thing about those affected by this horrible virus. They are they have committed almost $2 million to COVID-19 relief. More specifically, a million... 
$920,000. That's that's definitely a, a good move. Yeah, and this also just came at the end of... Um, I think we did... I think this happened last year where they were donating $100,000 to different charities throughout the uh, season as a part of their 100 season campaign. So it's just nice to see that we are that the team is going through such a uh, charitable effort. Yeah, definitely good to see them doing their part. Um, uh, the different charities that are being donated are uh, Bears Care, which um, is committed to improving the life and uh, the quality of life for people in Chicagoland community. And the other one is the Advocate Charitable Foundation, which is one of the 10 largest nonprofit health systems in the United States, serving 3 million patients in Illinois and Wisconsin. Uh, the Chicago Community COVID-19 Response Fund, which is in uh, collaboration with the City of Chicago, the Chicago Community Trust, and United Way of Metro Chicago. They, the purpose of this is to unite all these different philanthropies, corporations, and individuals to come together to fight coronavirus. And the last two are the Illinois COVID-19 Response Fund, which is similar to Chicago Community COVID-19 COVID Response Fund in that they, but this works more on the governmental and state level. And then the University of Chicago's Community Support Programs, which provides emergency support to address the needs of local businesses, residents, and community-based nonprofits. So, good to see the Bears acting in their community. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's a large amount of money, too. Yeah, it is. Uh, hopefully, they can put use. it to good use. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in some slightly happier news, of course, last night, the Bears had streamed a really old game, which was the... No, not a really old game, friend. <laughs> We're 2006. We, that would make us really old. We are really old. I feel really old. <laughs> Quarantine's aging everyone. <laughs> this is a good point. Um, but yes, from 2006, uh... So I don't anger Bilal. It was a very recent <laughs> game. Very recent game. <laughs> We're very young. Um, and this was a comeback victory in which the Bears won against the Arizona Cardinals. Still don't know how this game ever happened. Like, what were we it, down? Like 23-3 to three at some 23 point? 23-3, to three, I think, yeah. And then and we came back in the th late in the third quarter, I think. Which yeah, our offense did nothing the whole game, even during Rex the Grossman. <laughs> Good old Rexy. Uh, so this is the team that went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this game kind of defined the Bears for pretty much all of the 2000s and the Lovey Smith era. Most right, of the yeah. 2010s, yeah. It the was Lovey just Smith era was defense and special teams with a with a decent offense, not a Horrible and not a great, decent offense. Mm -hmm. 
They could right. get things yeah. done sometimes. But it was mainly just Lance Briggs, Burlacker, Charles, Charles Tillman. Tillman. Yep. And Devin Hester. Devin Hester, yeah. That, um, uh, isn't our intro the one you yeah. think it yeah, has yeah. clip from this game of his punt return touchdown? Mm-hmm. So, I don't I know. Mean, this... 83 yards at the end. He's the one who won the game for us. Mm-hmm. And he... This is the, the game where that video, the video audio clip comes from of uh, the Cardinals coach. Yeah, Dennis Green. The Bears who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. Yep. That was good. Um, good times. I like watching old games. and <laughs> um, Especially games when you know you win. It's just more fun. I don't honestly think I've ever sat down to watch this whole game from start to finish. Unless I watched it when it aired live. I don't know. I don't remember that far. But... Um, I definitely did not. Uh, it was the Bears Super Bowl season. Yeah. That that kind of got me. That was NFL. same with that was same with me. That that, I, that year in general was like I mean we started going into this game we were five and zero, mm-hmm. and we could have had a horrible loss that would have made us five and one nonetheless. But such that defeating of a loss would be really bad. But it had the opposite effect. We went six and zero, and I think we finished the season thirteen and three that year. Just sort of so. carried that momentum all the way. But if only it ended with a Super Bowl win. <laughs> now yeah. I the only the first football game I watched was the Super Bowl, and honestly I could not have cared less. <laughs> I was so disinterested in it. My. I'm in a similar situation. I don't know if it was the uh, the first game I watched, but just that time period is when it became um, uh, what do I call it. It became relevant and became interesting, and then uh, now we're hosting a show on it. So yeah. it shows how things have changed. The circle has been completed. <laughs> All right, so we are going to uh, wrap this show up. With just one piece of news, uh, we'll let you take charge on this. Yep. So if you've been listening to the show previously, you'll remember that I usually have an XFL segment at the end. And this is the part of the show where I say, sadly, XFL has suspended all of their operations and have laid off most, if not all, of their employees. They filed for bankruptcy, I think, one or two days ago. And, uh, yeah, that looks like it for the XFL for now. Uh, <laughs> we, there's, a, there's a chance they could return in the future. Uh, I think there's a clause somewhere in the bankruptcy that somebody can purchase them. But, yeah, with, with the way the world is right now, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. And the thing that happened is that they were they were ready to come back next year. Like yeah. They were – some things just took a – turn and turn for the worse and here we are another league has folded mm-hmm. and uh, when you thought it was too good to be true apparently it, it, was. it was yeah yeah it's just crazy all wow. right so i think that uh, we'll do it for this 
episode of Tampa 2 Tuesdays. Um, we do not know when there'll be another show, probably next week or possibly the week after that. There'll be one definitely, I think, in, what, two weeks? Cause definitely, because of draft, yeah. But, when uh, next when week, there is NF- When there is NFL news, we will bring you the NFL news. We just don't know when it is. And we aren't um, limited to Tuesdays anymore because we don't know when. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so that does it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure to follow both of us on Twitter. Um, mine is at BillMalik15 and Trenton is Trent underscore Cito. We will be back with our next episode soon.